Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 699 with a review of Windfall. I'm Christopher Sazy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. Um, this week, we're talking about, uh, you know, one of the more recent films to hit Netflix, um, and that is Windfall. It's from the person who made uh, The One I Love, which was uh, my favorite film of the year that it came out. I believe it was on it was on your list too, right? Or did you not put it on there because you knew I would? <laughs> I I think I gave it like an honorable mention. I don't okay. think it was on my list proper. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so uh, it's a film that you know we're like, hey, this is coming out. We like this other movie. Uh, why don't we talk about this one? Um, so we just got off of uh, of a nice long review talking about everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, which is a film that Steven and I both loved immensely. And uh, now we're here to talk about one more thing that we we picked up uh, to watch this weekend. And uh, yeah, I think we're just going to jump into it, if that's cool, Steven. I did not prepare any topics to talk about. My only prepared question, it isn't prepared. It's something I'm thinking (laughs) about right now, and I didn't get a chance to search our website fast enough to find the answer. We reviewed The Discovery, I believe, the second the movie after the one I love that Charlie McDowell um, made. What did you think about it? And more importantly, what did I think about it? Because <laughs> I, I, I have memory hold everything about that movie. <laughs> I, I don't remember exactly. Um, I think that I enjoyed it enough. Um, I think we both were like, there are interesting ideas here. I feel like we had a long talk about the mechanics <laughs> of what is happening in that in that film um which is the afterlife but kind of groundhog day too maybe yeah it, it's sort of about um i don't, I don't know if this is spoilers that's as long as we watch it a, a guy is basically trying to prove that the afterlife exists by examining stuff after a person passes away to like reconnect with the final memories that somebody had if I remember correctly, at least retroactively in the back of my head, I thought it was a very interesting premise, which brought up a lot of interesting ideas. Um, the film itself maybe didn't execute on everything perfectly, but it was definitely a, a interesting concept that I, I remember fondly enough to uh, not have disliked. <laughs> yeah, I found it. Review number 448, The Discovery. Uh, Carson Patrick gave it a must-see. You gave it a must-see. Ooh, and I go. gave it a wait for rental. So. Ooh. Yeah, I, I remember the there being thickens. like a discrepancy between what you and I thought. Um, yeah. But I, I feel like it was a lively conversation. Yep. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Everybody go back and listen to 250 episodes ago, not including like 100 bonus episodes. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe don't. <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> we don't. We, we haven't uh, checked that yeah, episode. Yeah, I haven't vetted it yet. <laughs> Hold on, will I delete all episodes? Yeah, I know. We need, we need like an auto-delete every episode more than two years old rule. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll, we'll just change hosting providers for, for the site. Smart. That'll do it. <laughs> all right. So, well, anyways, Stephen, what do you say we get started? Let's do it. All right, we're going to take a listen to the trailer for Windfall, and then we're going to come back and give you a review. Just this place is. Babe! 
This guy breaks into my house. Holy and you just sit down on the couch. Okay, but how about you, you let go of my wife first? And I've had to hold his hand. How does this open? Is there a trick to the purse? No. There's a clasp. And help him rob us. I want $150,000. You think that's enough? Yeah, I think you're probably going to want more than that. I can get you the money tomorrow. What? What? Me. I owe you something, right? You owe a debt to a hell of a lot more people than just me. Try being a rich white guy these days. It sucks. <laughs> Do you want to be me? Is that it? You're pathetic. I don't think you're going to do anything. Ever. You need to get close to him. Do whatever it takes, that's it. Your life is picture perfect. Picture perfect. Nothing feels fair. You have everything and I have nothing. Something that jeopardized me. Get into the office right now! I didn't take anything that wasn't mine. You're not a killer. What you think you have to do next. Please don't cross that line. It's gonna be a long night. All right, so that was the trailer for Windfall. It is basically um, about a man who breaks into what he thinks is a vacant home of a tech billionaire um, in order to steal some money um, for whatever purpose he has to need money for and is suddenly surprised when the owner of the home comes home uh, for a surprise vacation. And uh, it's the, the, the windfall of <laughs> what that interaction <laughs> I guess it's the, it, he he gets a windfall. Yeah, okay. maybe. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, Stephen Miller. <laughs> what did you think of Windfall? I thought this movie was about some very clear things, and none of it really worked for me. <laughs> um, I I have to say, I watched this on the plane, and because we were going to be descending, I had these little like earpluggy things in um i put them under my headphones and then i crank up the headphones so i can hear fine but if like the audio mix is super important the subtlety of the audio is sometimes lost on me a little yeah. bit in that environment so i'm willing to put like a 10 percent chance that like the tone of this movie didn't work for me because i was in like a suboptimal listening environment and it did seem like a very kind of quiet calibrated movie that that could possibly be it but what i saw is this was a movie that i didn't read much about it at all beforehand uh, i knew charlie mcdowell and i was like sure i'll watch it why not um it's been described by its own marketing material as like a hitchcockian story you know it's like a a taut psychological thriller in close quarters um i didn't get any of that at all what i felt is this is a three asterisk uh, person play um about <laughs> okay let's find a way to talk about class and the looming threat of automation and the conflicts that you might feel in your life when you try to wield potentially ill-gotten gains for good and what does that mean 
And it just was turned into, I felt like a very overwrought, like college play or something like it. I, I felt like this did not have the twists and turns or emotional depth that a movie should have. If it is going to be this kind of like tense character study of three people in an environment, I, I felt like it just kind of fizzled. And for the first, like, I don't know, 80% of the movie, like, I, I felt like I understood what it was trying to say, and it just wasn't doing anything with the time it had available to further the point. Um, and then one event happens that is very shocking and unexpected and did make me turn my head, but it felt like too little too late. And I like, I walked away feeling like, I don't know, everyone is fine. Like they're good actors. They're doing their job okay but i just it felt so kind of trifling to me i was uh i was frustrated by what i'd watched i felt like i didn't really get to see a movie i saw like an idea that nobody bothered to make like a really compelling movie around so i, I was frustrated and i think that is underlined by a line in the trailer where jesse Plemons suddenly says like try being a rich white guy these days it sucks like to me that was the level of satire and depth of most of the movie which, which is like I am going to very, very obviously just say the themes of the movie rather than making something fester and think like, what would you do? Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I was kind of perplexed by, by this movie. Yeah. Well, so, so I'll say that I also watched this in suboptimal conditions. And that condition was that there was somebody on our block who had a car. They were seemingly sitting in and just setting off the alarm, opening the door, boop, 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 un unbeeping the alarm, shutting the door, and then having it go off every 10 seconds for about 10 seconds mm -hmm. the entire time I was watching this movie. And uh, a couple times I paused just to like go to the window and peek out and just be like, is there a problem? Does somebody need help? Does somebody need to stop? <laughs> The answer is yes. Yeah. Um, and it was definitely affecting um, my my ability to just sit and focus on the film. But I think for me, I didn't... I, I think this film would be better if the themes that you're talking about that you hated weren't part of it. And I don't mean that in the context of if it wasn't trying to say anything about certain conditions. Because I think this film kind of works on a level if it, if, if if the guy doesn't have to be a tech billionaire, but he can just be an asshole who is just a, a toxic male. Um, mm -hmm. And it, like all the dialogue, except for the scenes where he's talking about like, you must know who I am. And uh, I invented this thing, this algorithm, blah, 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 blah. Like if you take those out of the film and leave everything exactly the same, I think that there's an, an all right film. I think Jesse Plemons is great in this. Um, I think he is just chewing up the scenery, being this like, <laughs> like asshole, who is completely unaware of how big of a douche he is. And he, he's like, there is something fun about the, not the satire of what the film is saying about the world and corporations and algorithms that, you know, uh, make companies efficient by firing half the people that work there. Um, none of that satire, but the satire of just this dude who is like, I'm in a threat situation but also I think I'm going to be fine. So what if I just tried to give this person what they need in a way right. that it just makes me look like a complete asshole and the person is just suffering through it 
to try to do it. Um, like I kind of, I enjoyed watching Jimmy, uh, Jesse Plemons give all his lines. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I think Jason Siegel is, is, is in a much more serious film that is not the film that we're watching. And I think that performance is also pretty good. Like he, he is, he is good at playing a person who is desperate, who is just going moment to moment, didn't have a plan is making it up as it goes. I kind of liked their interaction with each other and just his, his playing off of Lily Collins and being like, like you and I are hearing the same thing, right? Like his, his, yeah. I mean, he deploys what I think is like the classic Jason Siegel in a serious movie gesture, which is like, he'll look up and he'll give like a fleeting, like half second smirk or something at another person. And it's meant to say like, I contain a depth of emotion and I clocked it and I'm letting you know that we both clocked it. Like, I, I feel like that's kind of his thing and it, yeah, it fits yeah. with his character here. Yeah. And, and it works great. So it's like there, there are pieces of this film that I, that I really enjoyed. I think I was kind of vibing with it. Once again, I was completely ignoring any social commentary or anything. And I was just watching these two characters play off each other and watching this bystander who is the wife of one of these characters. And I was kind of like, all right, cool. Where is this going? And just watching the tension slowly build. I think this film, uh, it, it like somehow runs out of steam as soon as the steam builds. Like it's kind of like mm-hmm. this film is a steady build and then sudden climax. It's like, it, it's, it's like they, they only had enough runtime it's like they, they they were paid for a certain runtime and they realized that uh, they were about out and they liked everything they had put together before. So they just slammed everything together and like literally the last 10 minutes of the film is like a sudden crescendo out of nowhere. And then yeah. a, a action, series of actions and I don't know what's going through a certain character's head. I mean, I know what's going through one of the character's heads, right. <laughs> but, I, but I don't the, know what's going through. The finale doesn't follow from any inner character turmoil, as far as I can tell. It just feels like a thing stamped on the movie to be, quote, that kind of movie. That, that was how I felt about it. At least. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the motivation of a certain character to maybe use the situation to rethink their own decisions in life makes sense it's it's fitting sure. with the scenario that happened however it, it, it's it's a mechanics thing right like what that character does and what they do with certain items doesn't make sense like there's other ways out of that situation that that are simple like hey this just happened uh <laughs> You know what I mean? Like right. the, I, 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 there's it's, something bothered me about the sudden crescendo and where it goes at the end of the film. And I, and I just didn't, I didn't think that there was a good payoff to what I was watching. I enjoyed the slow rise and the tension building. And like, for me, where the satire worked is that this is theoretically a high tension situation and everybody is kind of really calm. <laughs> and like, mm-hmm. that was where the funniness was, is that everybody should be, like there's a part in the trailer, I think it was in the trailer, where like Jason Siegel is chasing Jesse Plemons, and he's like, "I'm gonna get you. You can't run anymore." And it's like, yeah. it's it's like two kids playing tag, and it's like those kind of things were funny. It it, it had a weird tone that I enjoyed, but it it just right. at at the end of the day, the story didn't amount to anything, and it didn't justify the journey. But it's like while I was watching it, I was kind of like, "This is this is fun. This is cute." Yeah. Well, so I I liked that aspect of it too. I I feel like what 
what I find strange is the movie works by purposely deflating its own tension. You know, like the premise is this, and again, I knew nothing about the movie before I hit start other than the name Windfall. Um, But like we've already explained, the premise of the movie is a man is getting robbed and he is so rich that he truly does not care that he's about to lose something. And so that tension goes away immediately and instead he's almost just toying, not quite toying, but he's like goading the guy who robbed him and is holding him hostage. That is a interesting premise that you can take as a starting point to then evolve a movie around. Like what is the shifting nature of the hostage situation? Um, like what, what happens in this universe? How do they see each other? Who will get close to each other and why? And how do things twist and turn? I feel like it just does that deflating and then it lives in this deflated, we are just having conversations mode. And then once every like 10 minutes, it decides like, oh, but let me remind you that we're actually in a high tense thing. And it's just like the ping ponging just feels like it's like doing a little shuffle and it doesn't actually know what it wants to do with the premise. And I, I think that is what I found so odd about the movie is like, you have me, you hooked me at the beginning take me somewhere, you know, yeah. make me feel something or challenge me in some way. And instead, I feel like every character flaw in Jesse Plemons character is revealed in the first like 10 minutes of him interacting with this guy yeah. and nothing, no new depth is revealed later, though. I also loved watching him like, he, you know, these people are great. Like, it, it's cool seeing them do their line delivery. Um, well, I, I, I just found it very odd. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I think part of why it feels like all the information is is divvied at the beginning is because Jason Siegel learns information about Jesse Plemons, which he thinks is going to be leveraged later until he realizes that, that the wife already knows all this information. So it's like every time he sees something and goes, that's odd. I'm clocking that. I'm going to use that later. It's just it, it is deflated on purpose because it's like mm-hmm. he literally has no control over what the situation is. And it and it's not like he is the situation is out of control. He just, he can never gain the upper hand and he's really just waiting time out for when this delivery of money is going to show, which is also weird because there's a whole thing about how like evening isn't going to work. You got to get it here by the afternoon. And this film ends minor spoilers in the evening. And there's never, it's never mentioned again, like, Oh, they're running late. They're not going to be able to bring it. There's going to be something that's going to extend this longer. It's like at the end of the film, they were sort of just like, where do we want to go from here? And they don't really, have a narrative throughput of keeping any timelines in actual sync or anything like that. But, um, but yeah, for me, for me, I at least enjoyed the interactions between the, the, the two male characters and just the dynamics they're playing off against each other and how Jason Siegel like never gives up anything about who he is or what he's doing or why he's doing anything. It's really just about, I'm here. You caught me. One thing that's really funny is, and, and, this text is not in the trailer at all. It's not, it's not a thing, but I only watched the trailer once before watching this movie. And for whatever reason why I made up a narrative where Jason Siegel was actually like the ex of Lily Collins and something about like the look when she first comes out and he's like, Shh. I just, I just, mm. to me, I just imagine, I just built a whole backstory where they, they were somehow, they used to date and he was there specifically for something that was related to her and not him. And then when it turned out that he was just some tech built billionaire, I was like, oh, oh, okay, cool. I, I don't know where I got that from, but I just, I made up a whole fictional backstory for all these characters before I started watching the film that immediately was, was taken from me as the film started. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh- 
I, I think there, there are two main comparisons for me that make me a little bit more perplexed by what this movie is doing. One is, okay, like the, the conceit of the movie is what if a robbery hostage type thing turned on its head because of the power dynamics involved in who was doing it. But that is like most heist movies or at least a lot of famous ones like everything from like dog day afternoon to like 892 the movie we just reviewed out of out of sundance or like money monster or like like the idea of like the one person going in and trying to take the upper hand in a situation and then being stuck with the people they tried to get the upper hand from and revealing why they needed to and having you question who you root for that is like not a new thing to the genre at all. That's kind of like a part of the whole idea of, of filming something like this. So I already feel like it isn't that original unless you do something different with it, other than just expressing like the standard class sentiment of, look, I, I am not the bad guy here. I'm just trying to get what's mine. You are the bad guy. <laughs> um, and then the other one is like how people reveal themselves to their significant others by how they handle an intense situation. Like Jesse Plemons is the loneliest planning the shit out of this movie, right? He is, <laughs> he, he is dealing with a stressful situation in a way that is revealing all of his failings to his wife. Um, but they're very obvious and boring failings. And like, they're so arrogant. You have to believe this is not revealing anything new to her. Like she saw all this before because yeah, yeah. he does this openly brazenly all the time. Yeah. yeah. Which is why the, the only action anybody takes of their own volition in this film makes sense is given that context of like, this is just a historical thing that, sh that has always been the case and all the parties involved have resigned themselves to this is the state of our lives and our agreement mm -hmm. that we've made. Um, so like given the slightest opportunity, people might rethink their situation. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's, that's cool. Um, like, I, I think that you talk about it, be, it, it being, like similar to things that already existed, other type of heist movies. And I think what what's weird, what theoretically makes it different, but is weird is in a normal, in a normal heist or in, in, a, in a different yeah, type of hostage. Yeah. Yeah. In, in a different type of situation, a person would have either randomly picked a target or done something specific and then is forced to deal with the people that are in that situation. And if there's some sort of power dynamic where somebody else has an upper hand, given, you know, whether that person doesn't know how to work the controls at a television station or <laughs> whether a person <laughs> doesn't know how to operate any of the stuff at the bank or, or any of those other situations, um, a person is having to deal with stuff on the fly. And this, it's kind of implied that Jason Siegel targeted this house because it was owned by the rich billionaire and that's why he chose it and the billionaire wasn't supposed to be there and that's why things went awry which is a weird mm. he's not just a drifter who was passing by a house that looked vacant and broke in to try to hope there was stuff there it, it, it just feels weird that like this would be a better story if it was all chance rather than a right. specific target and the only thing they got got shifted around because he's like walking around the property drinking orange juice and <laughs> but, but yeah i mean i think I think the movie wants us to believe that he has just been living there 
and then the decision to turn it into a robbery is kind of a like a last minute temptation before he leaves rather than the reason he came. And that doesn't make sense to me at all in the context of this being a targeted location, even though I feel like the movie does kind of imply that yeah. it was targeted. To, to me, to me, he showed up and was like, I'm just going to pee in the shower and drink his mm-hmm. orange juice. And like, I, I, it felt like a uh, like somebody playing in a rich space purposely trying like like I would imagine scenes were cut where he is just like keeping his shoes on and jumping on the bed like like th- like mm-hmm. things like that right I, I assume that he just wants to he's probably going to do an upper decker in the toilet <laughs> after he's done peeing in the shower and then you know, like, see somehow i told myself that he peed in the shower because peeing in the toilet would leave fingerprints and i don't know why that would be true <laughs> when you, yeah when you, if, if you lift the toilet seat then then you can sure. leave why, why would there. you lift the toilet seat i mean you're peeing in the shower <laughs> you can aim <laughs> and if you splatter you splatter um, but yeah, it's like, I, I, I imagine that it was him just being like, like, fuck this guy's house. And, and it's really just him doing that. And then he gets caught. Still feels like he could have escaped. He had sort of a wad of cash. He could have like snuck out real fast. Um, mm-hmm. but him wanting to have gotten away with it is where everything goes wrong for him. And then obviously mm-hmm. once he's finally trying to leave, discovering that there's something else he has to take care of before he leaves um, is another yeah. complication. And after that, it's really just a matter of everybody working out logistically how this should play out and then just agreeing for it to play out that way and just waiting for it to take place. And it, it's there, there is something weird, not off-putting, but there is something silly about the whole scenario that we're watching. And for that, I kind of enjoyed it. But it's, but it's like, yeah, at the end, it didn't really amount to anything. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Is that, is that it, Stephen? <laughs> I, I think that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, I, <laughs> let's go ahead and get to verdicts for this one. Stephen Miller, if you're going to even say must see, record with a caveat, wait for until pass the caveat or must avoid, what would you give it? I'm, I feel funny because like when I wrote a rating of this, I did 2.5 out of 5 because the actors are totally good and fine. But I feel like as I talk about it, wait for rental feels more generous than I felt. Like I think pass with caveat is more where I'm at. It's like the movie is well acted and it has an interesting setup, but I just don't feel like it's an interesting movie and I don't feel like it executes it in a way that makes it worth watching. So yeah, like the caveat, I think it is a well done pass, but I just don't think you have any reason to watch it. Yeah, um, I, I for me it's it's a wait for rental. Uh, really, my only reason for watching it is I I think this is a great role for Jesse Plemons. Like he he has been in it feels like in a bunch of the films that we have seen lately. He is sort of a sad sack in a lot of those films, yeah. and this is him. Still not a good guy. <laughs> he's he's a total asshole. Um, but he he gets to stretch his chops a little bit and not just be like the super awkward person who's not very sure of himself he, he's like completely in the opposite end, end of the spectrum where he is like overly yeah. sure of himself and really just so sure of himself that he's no longer on the same plane as normal humans that he interacts with and there is something right. really fun about watching him just give the performance in this film that it's like for my for my whatever 13.99 now or whatever it is <laughs> mm. <laughs> for netflix for for that money, I thought I thought it was worth uh, worth the fun time, but uh, but yeah, in the end, it's not going to stick with me. 
Um, and uh, I can't praise it that much, but fun, fun watching Jesse Boyman's. Yeah. Cool. Well, it's going to do it for a review of Windfall. Stephen Miller, if you want to find it out the week, where can they do that? People can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can just do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning, or Instagram.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from a song selected from artist.io. So hopefully you're enjoying that. And uh, yeah, that's it. We're going to be back next week-ish <laughs> for uh 700th episode, uh, officially numbered episode. So hopefully... And of course, we saved episode number 700 for a very exciting movie, which I have no idea of what it is. <laughs> do you know what it's going to be? We'll do something. We'll, we'll do something for 700. Oh, no, I'm thinking... We have to beat <laughs> Trolls World Tour. Wait, so so hold on a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So it, the other Zero Zero episode was Trolls and Trolls 2? Yeah. Are we going to do Sonic the Hedgehog and Sonic the Hedgehog 2? Oh! Because I'll that's, do it. that's April 8th. We can do... I'll, get, I'll, I'll give you that. Okay, we can do a double feature. Um, hopefully... Okay. There's a song heavily featured in that, so you can do another rendition on the guitar. <laughs> Don't spoil it, Christopher. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's thematically resonant. If we did, if we did a double feature of uh, a theoretical kids movie uh, back then, we could do a double feature of, and, and supposedly Sonic the Hedgehog, the first one is good. I've never seen it, um, but everybody <laughs> seems to have loved it. So I'm down. I'm down for that. I'm If... If there's nothing coming out this weekend that we plan on reviewing, I'm totally down with that. All right. It's just a good live production meeting. <laughs> <laughs> People enjoy knowing how we, uh, how we put this whole thing together. That's it. That's the episode, guys. Uh, half the episode is us talking about what the next episode is going to be. So, yay. yay. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Bye.